0: Ta-tar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is Professor Feather.
2: This is
3: the Midnight Gadfly. This is
2: Dr. Head.
3: And this is Bomb the Blue Fez. And you are listening to. Un-ravery. Un-ravery.
2: Un-ravery.
1: And oh, today <laughs> oh 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 hold on there midnight catfly. Professor Feather here um, this is my episode and this is my my particular form of therapy and we're going to go back and touch on a subject that we had touched on earlier in our careers as podcastiers. And since then, we've added two more podcastiers to our list of podcastiers, and we would like to get their opinions of these two movies. So the first one is a movie that probably most of you have heard of before. It's called Blade Runner, made in 1982, directed by Ridley Scott. And we're going to talk about Blade Runner a little bit, and then after that, when I'm Ready to move on? (laughs) We're going to talk about Blade Runner. At my whim. (laughs) At my (laughs) whim. Exactly. So anyway, Blade Runner, 1982, um, was not a hit when it came out. Um, Pretty much bombed. Um, There was, you know, a lot of uh, conflict in uh, marketing, primarily, and uh, promoting, and how things were put together. And uh, so it was a little rushed in a way and not to the director's liking. So therein lies the very seed of the Blade Runner mythos, which is about nine versions, I think. There are nine (laughs) versions of of the movie out there um, if you're a a completist. But there are um, definitely four that stand out um which is the the theatrical release um the director's cut and, well and yeah and uh the um international cut and the uh final cut in which the final cut is um uh, spoiler it's word, is rid that's that's ridley scott's ultimate cut so there are four cuts to this movie so i'm gonna pass this over to uh Doctor Head and see uh, what he has to say.
2: Uh, I I love Blade Runner. I think it is so far ahead of its time, and which is probably why it didn't do very well. Um, and and it kind of blended genres in a way that was unexpected in the in the eighties. You got this science fiction heavy science fiction with film noir, and. I, I thought it was brilliant, and, and even even the the um, the monologue over top of the scenes—it just kind of—I felt like Mickey Spillane. If Mickey Spillane was going to read or do a science fiction uh, story, it would be that. But um, I I loved it from the get-go. I thought it was complex and deep, and really hit on some of those. You know, especially after I read the the novel and saw that you know philip k dick this these things that he works with the ideas like what does it mean to be human
1: yeah and, just to interject here yeah the, the yeah. story is based on philip k dick's story uh, yeah. the screenplay is, is a lot different but it's based on philip K. Dick's right side. but those theories right. right. right.
2: come through the concepts come through and you know great cast wonderful cast and the the look the, the soundtrack i mean it was just stunning on all levels and uh, it's still 40 years later. It is still every bit is moving and gripping and looks fresh and uh, it's just, it's a fantastic movie.
1: Very good. So there. <laughs> all right. I'm done. <laughs> you, that's it. Okay, good. Good opening. Um, yeah. It's the opening
2: salvo. We'll let everyone else chime in. but yeah. Blue i don't know. still all your thunder like I normally do.
4: Blue Bell. <laughs> I up think the that movie
0: going audience at the time wasn't expecting this at all. I mean, uh, this was at the time of all the Star Wars rip-offs and all that stuff and people going in seeing science fiction were expecting all of us yeah, Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, that's at the time. That,
4: um that's that's what I was going to throw in as well. Um I didn't see this in the theater uh when it first ran, so um <laughs> Caught it on it was on cable Showtime or whatever we had back in the day, and I remember being blown away by it. My parents were a little eh; they, they didn't really care for it. I immediately uh, gravitated towards the 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 mix of film noir and science fiction. You throw in the dystopian future on top of it; everything it's, it's everything in this movie for me just works the set design like again the cinematography every the pacing everything is just wonderful and to um to dr tar's point i i really do believe that people i I think we've been trained to some degree to expect everything to be pew 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 pew, star wars um you know we because that was a couple years after the empire or empire strikes back so i i think that was still fresh in everybody's mind and when this comes out i think this to a lot of people, this probably felt like, no, oh, this is kind of like a futuristic period piece, you know, something they would have expected from the 1950s or something like right. that. Some gritty and crime com- noir. Yeah.
0: To compound all that, it also had Harrison Ford. Mm, yes. where, yeah, So everybody's like, oh, okay, here we go. But, yeah, it, but there again, because it was so different is the reason I liked it so much. I mean, Absolutely. it wasn't like it was hardcore sci-fi as opposed mm-hmm. to fantasy sci-fi yeah. coming out. It was all over the place from E.T. to Star Wars or whatever, even Scanners. Yeah. I mean, but this was like, besides maybe Star Trek coming out. Sorry, Hellhound.
2: <laughs> Can you hear? it? <laughs> Hellhound agrees, I think. <laughs> Get Chim- in.
0: But, but anyway. Yes, I, I, I don't think people were ready for it when it came out. You... Feather was right about the way they advertised it. They didn't know how to advertise yeah. it. You know, what, what kind of audience do you target with this? I mean, it was just other than hardcore sci-fi fans or Philip K. Dick fans. Yeah.
4: This is a movie, though, uh, that's uh, I, I put in kind of like the suitcase, you know, movies you always want with you, because I, I could watch this movie a million times and uh, never be bored by it. Um, and, and in fact, I'll discover something new. Every time I see it, like some piece of the production design I didn't spot the first time, that I'm like, oh, check that out! Like, oh, the spinner or one of the police spinners or vehicles is using a certain font that I never noticed before, or something that Sid Mead had, uh, you know, threw in. Just his production yeah. design.
2: The you level know. of detailing yeah. was amazing. It, it was makes a, the world feel legitimate and real yes. and and plausible, you know, yeah. in a way that doesn't take you to have a stretch of fast fantasy. You know an imagination it just like yeah okay you know this place looks real and and gritty and and uh was it it does take place in what 2019
1: 2020 right is that 2019
2: yeah where the movie takes place so yeah,
1: 2019 <laughs> which is yeah interesting um because we're nowhere near that point you know no, nowhere near that point but I mean, it, it rains like the, the movie, besides all of the technical aspects and the in the science fiction aspects, it boils down to a, a, a social slash human Component. relationship and 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 how uh, people deal with with <laughs> here again with the other, you know, and um, just how how they are taken care of. And I think that I think they 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 do a great job of, you know. Um, Deckard being the protagonist in the beginning, but as you get to understand the replicants, uh, point of view, um, you know, he, he, it kind of changes. Mm-hmm. It, he isn't quite the protagonist. And it, even if you watch him, it happens within the, you know, that's part of the, uh, the, 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 the you know, the, the follow through of the, of the film is his change, you know, mm-hmm. um. Yeah. it's the literal humanization it, the it, well, and and that's what it's you know? yes and it's yes. yeah it's the philosophical questioning of of what is you know definite this is what the cut and dry what is other you know mm-hmm. and, right. this is an, and this is an other that is exactly like you but they are they uh or, they actually they're there. better than you because they're they're physically enhanced they're right. they're they're you know not they're better than human that's why okay. the humans ultimately uh you know uh, repress them because they fear them so much right but that yeah. comes later anyway so yeah he's already to... having second thoughts about doing his
0: job though I mean if he retired before and they had to drag him back you know it's
1: just yeah that's why I said You're... he starts yeah. questioning questioning the whole thing too which culminates in you know the the beautiful ending um of his uh, nemesis you
2: know? yeah that's a great mm-hmm. scene yeah that that just it kind of the
1: actors. There's, you know, yeah, acting you know, right it, there. It, man.
2: It's fantastic, and it's yes. it's moving every time I yes. see it. Yes, I never, I'm never not moved by it, you know. And that's it's a really wonderful scene.
0: That line of about uh watching the starships burn off of the shoulder of Orion. That was just that, mm-hmm. just a great speech. Yeah, and it was, and you didn't have to see it. They didn't
4: have to show it.
2: Yeah. It was just me. Yeah. yeah.
4: Gives you chills.
2: I think it, it it was necessary for any audience member who was there, who was still thinking, "Oh, these are just machines," you know, who are still and stuck in that, who wasn't following the nuances and wasn't having that feeling. I don't know how, how you could walk away from that scene and not feel empathy, sympathy, and like, "Oh my God, you're right. You just want the same things. You want to know, can't we just have a little bit more time? You know, you want to meet your creator and like." why why did why did you make me why, why can i i want more time you know and and uh it's a beautiful like, heartbreaking moment
1: each one of the replicants has that you know <laughs> each each moment that you, that there's an encounter with a replicant you know there is that there's that moment when those replicants appear human you know uh and because th- I, you know, this is like, this is so black and white, you know, this is really the examination of one species versus another that are exactly, that that are, that are related, not exactly like, I'm sorry, that are related. And, you know, that whole thing isn't a a major problem in Blade Runner. Um, It's, you know, there's just foreshadowing in, in Blade Runner of what is to come but it's um in yeah just the, the performances i i agree you know harrison ford does a great job there's so many oh, M, emmett walsh uh, yes oh my gosh uh, come on gadfly help me out here
3: <laughs> who else who else edward james almost yes right yes. Gaff. yeah and, uh, and gaff go ahead uh, yeah um daryl hannah Mm-hmm. the press uh, right she plays yeah, press yeah. and then uh eb eb from uh william sanderson is it? yeah william sanderson, yeah, william sanderson. Yeah. yes mm-hmm. he's in it yeah i mean there's there's tons of uh people and then i think um rudger hauer
2: mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. him was
3: brilliant because he yeah. looks like he walked right off the nazi you know per- superman you know yeah, uh, yeah. Of- he looks like he's um, out of a mold actually yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just has that perfect yeah. right and uh you know until he
1: starts talking and then he becomes a a, you know a a, an entity a being yeah know, he's
3: a and he's a philosopher I mean that's really you know he's trying to understand that whole philosophy um and just his uh that speech at the end like you said is great and you know that line you know I would disappear like tears in the rain he improvised that line
1: so that was not in the script. Which is Um, one of the greatest lines in the the whole movie. Yes. The way he delivers
3: it too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they they take this kind of the person that looks like this mean person, and then he becomes, by the end, you know, not the enemy. You know, and it's very simple tropes that they use in the movie, but they they employ them brilliantly, you know? It's just us against the corporation, corporation and product still, so, you know, the police cleaning up after the corporations, you know, all that and kind of the, stuff.
2: Yeah, the, the detached bureaucracy who just wants right. the job done. Yeah,
3: con, yeah. Make, the
2: like, whole confronting
0: your
3: creator right. idea. And, you know. Yeah. When I think it, it, it's also a, uh, a very layered movie visually, um, and, and oh, auditory, yeah. I mean, like the sound and stuff. Um, and I think the important differences between the different versions is how much they emphasize that uh, Decker uh, is possibly a replicant, you know? I mean, there's, you know, there's the whole origami scene, which has no purpose, uh, you know, where the detective is making origami in the first version, theatrical version. When they do the, the, the second part, they emphasize two things, that one is that origami and that he has a dream about a unicorn, And then the unicorn is, you know, made out of origami and just sitting outside of his door. Um, And then the other one is uh, the animal motif. Like, you keep hearing these animal sounds everywhere, and then you'll see the reflective eyes of the replicants, as if they were, like, cats or animals. And then there's that one scene where you see Harrison Ford's eyes do the same thing. Exactly. You know, they're really. I think you know Ridley Scott is. Yeah, he's at the top of his game right at this point. Um, And John, when I went to see it in the theater, I was disappointed because I'm like, that's not Han Solo, Han Solo. You know, (laughs)
4: Um,
3: and you know it was. It took me a while to watch it again and detach myself from that what I was expecting, uh, and then seeing that you know that movie and just uh, falling in love with it, and uh, you know. I used it to teach in class uh, when I was a grad student I couldn't get students to discuss shit you know I'd have them read essays and they'd be like nah, whatever so I had them read uh, you know do androids dream of electric sheep and then we watched two versions of the movie uh, the discussions were awesome I mean they you know they were really just starting to pick stuff out you know and, and because we watched it multiple times they were like wait a minute um, And uh, yeah, so it was a, I think it's a really rich uh, piece of material uh, that, you know, then spawned that whole next movie, which I personally think is even better,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about Blade Runner 2049, which came out in 2017. Yep. So at least, you know, they put it a little bit farther into the future. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So oh, 2049 is, 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 a, is, is as brilliant in its way as the original Blade Runner. Um, I've, I found very little fault with it. And we, I, there's a lot to talk about it because it opens up all, all new channels of thought and uh, perception and how things are, are on a whole nother level, um, especially because it goes outside the realm of the city you know and all of a sudden you're out into the real into the rest of the world i won't say the real world the rest of the world you know which is you know um different and i just i think and then what what the just the encounters and the way that it's all put together um you know we can d- definitely have you know spoiler alerts in this one um if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this you probably should watch it before you listen to anything we say because it's yeah, really definitely. a good
2: movie yeah you don't want it spoiled yes, yes. not at all it's it, it just takes away from the richness and the nuance of it which as soon as I saw it which I just saw it a few days ago um I wanted to see it again immediately like I need to watch this again because i was it was I, I didn't I was I heard it was really good I'm like okay I'm gonna most sequels I'm like mm. But exactly. I agree with you. I agree with you, Feather. This, it if it, it may be better than the original. If not, better than it's every bit as good as the original. I, which as
0: which the, makes it one of those few sequels, or if you want to call it, it's more of a continuation. But it makes one of those few sequels that it's it's equal, if not better. You know, it's kind of like Bride of Frankenstein. It's it's equal to the, the original, and it's just a nice flow. You know, to this movie, and it was just right because yeah. it was, and I love it, that. I agree. I I really like that. I mean, that's, you know, because most times you get when you get a sequel to something, it's usually haphazard. And, you know, I mean, how it it usually tends to blossom out. But this is one of the few cases where it's actually really
2: good. Right. It It wasn't like retreading it. You know, it was it was familiar because you knew the setup in the world, but it wasn't it didn't feel like a retread at all right you know, it wasn't tired they weren't just hitting on the tropes this was a story that pulled me in and got me engaged and and when as it unfolded and especially you know as we've all seen it and knowing how it ends it's like oh my god it was just uh, it's brilliant in that world and like and when they started sewing, i'm like oh it was it's so subtly done and beautiful you know um the the, the breadcrumbs to the
1: end it's like oh yeah yeah okay right. good yeah and and, and you know that just the exploration this is a science fiction theme that's been going on for my friends for a, a long time <laughs> and you know this and as evidenced by it who's the influence uh who the, of the major story is philip k dick mm-hmm. you know you know and he he's, he was his A a person in his own right, I'll tell you that. Yes. And you know, I thought they did a good job of, of kind of, you know, uh, you know, paying him some respect. Oh yeah. Yeah. In in the the whole presentation, but I I wanted to go back to the the original. Um, I'm I like the original, with the voiceover, you know, the, the 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 hard boiled narration. Um, I like that one better, better, best of all. Um the original release. The original because that's what I saw first, you know. Right. I saw that and no matter what I saw after that, which is good, don't get me wrong, but it's not the same. Right. The, it's 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 changed, which becomes something that's kind of really strange that no people in Hollywood were doing a lot of, you know. I mean, this is Ridley Scott's obsession, you know. Um at, pure and simple and to, you know to have so many different versions and and have everything come out the way it's all come out you know um but then then but then yeah 2049 um the and here again the acting in 2049 is just superb you know it's just really really good
2: we have a seller cast again robin wright uh ryan gosling yes. um just i mean they're both great actors and and they, i um i had not seen a whole lot of stuff that brett gosling had done but his performance is, um, is fantastic too. I mean, it is rich and layered and, and, um, and I like how those themes that were prevalent in the first one, you get the themes of racism, you know, his hey, skin job, you know, those kinds of things that were there are still there. And, and those themes are, this is a continuation of themes that have gone back in science fiction, back to the other, like we got sought metropolis and Frankenstein. You know, oh, themes exactly. that are just, but it still keeps them fresh,
0: fresh.
2: in a way. Who, who
0: was uh who was the was it Czechoslovakian Who wrote the play? Uh, Carl wrote robot. Um, what is it? Oh. Invented the word robot. You know what I'm talking about? And it, yeah. I guess it means slaves. And how the they were they weren't mechanical. They were artificial humans like this. You know what I mean? They were they were grown and whatever, cultivated, if you want to say. Yeah. But it was kind of interesting how that theme has come back again. You know, where for a while there in the 50s, it went into the mechanical mode. You know, it was mechanical men and stuff. People had envisioned robots as that and not originally more like an android, I
3: guess, is what yeah. they were What yeah. was the movie that we just did an episode of? Um, Creation of the Humanoids? Yes. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, the same kind of themes. Or there the um, technologies yeah. melding to more of
0: a biological... Like yeah,
2: a replacement for us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's in the series Humans too, which was the American or the British remake of this Swedish I think Swedish series about the replicant the robots, the humanoid androids, you right. know, and, and and the feelings of how people react to them, you know, one way or another and relationships between the humans and, and these androids and uh you know. So those themes are it's it's still a powerful theme if it's if done well
0: yes yeah I agree and it and I think it's even more relevant now than any you know it, it's just gonna be until we get to that point I mean you're starting to see it but mm-hmm. you know how they're making it mo- I don't know how would you interact with the i
2: I don't know like a robot who look like exactly like a human would you human? yeah I don't know if I would like Yeah, it it'd be weird
1: it'd be a little weird but see these I, guys aren't these guys aren't robots though you know well, in, in they're, not Runner, well, they're not robots they're well, not robot robots.
0: actually means slave that's but why no, they're, they're not. no
1: that's why they're replicants they right. uh, they are physically on the surface no different than than a normal human right yes but it's the interior that's different you know their dna has been altered so so much that they're different that's the and that's Parts what makes them and, and they're grown to yes they're frankenstein monsters they're yes together they're grown you know and then raised in, as evidenced by the the uh, you know the camp the or the guy remember the guy with the the army of uh, kids picking the garbage apart. Well, just uh. Yeah, you remember that? I think about. Yeah. that. Those are all replicants. You know, so the, yeah, the the whole thing is just you know, the, uh, and and here's, here is here is K, you know, coming through. And just you know, he's he's the you know Deckard of 2049, (laughs) and uh, which brings up an interesting thing too. There's a a a, a nice little leap here. Is um, Kay, who is a replicant, is pretty much in love with an AI. Um, this is uh, hey, who adore- wouldn't
3: be in love with that AI, Anna de Armas? <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm not saying, saying. Oh, uh,
1: I totally agree with that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, uh, but it's just interesting in the whole advertising how she pops up after, yes, you know, at different, different times. Uh, that that throughout- sends
2: to dehumanize her, then you realize that she's a commodity that has yes. been broadcast, yes. even though it's his commodity, the relationship he has, but provided by the corporation, but then you just see her everywhere as just yeah. joy, you know, you know, but you can have her too.
3: I yes, think yes, she yes. had evolved though, right? I think her particular instance had started to grow because of proximity to somebody really treating like her. It, it was so, you know it was so great. Is she
0: growing or is she just becoming more personalized for the user?
3: You yeah, know, but, it, well you know, I, I, like that, I would head, say but... that's marriage. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, right. Same, very same concept. This AI and the relationships with the AIs, and is there a difference yeah, when they, and, when right. they right. right? The one thing you know, last time that we didn't talk
3: about Twenty Forty Nine was the Pinocchio effect. You know, of uh, Kay wanting to be the real boy. Um, oh yes, and I think well, you know, that, yes, it, it never really. There's two things on, like, the fifth time watching this that I discovered that I didn't know, you know, I didn't notice, which most other people probably did. One was I could never figure out why the girl in the isolated room uh, started crying when she saw the memory of the horse, right? I just never made that connection, Uh, and then this time I'm like... Oh my god what the hell was i not you know how did i not you know see that because i thought that i'm like what's up with that scene why is she uh crying um and then just this whole pinocchio thing like how excited they are to be real or to have been born you know which makes you a real boy um i think those are you know just some really cool again i think villeneuve has easily stepped into the shoes and expanded upon what ridley scott you know has set up uh, in terms of s- cr- just creative standards you know and not just repeated what's been done he, right really built on it built that's on the it is, that's the
4: key right there absolutely absolutely yeah who did set the sign because it
2: looks there are times where i thought it was a it was clean Almost a little cleaner, less gritty, less garish with the lights. But then, as the movie went on, I realized, oh, this is just parts of the city. Some parts look a little cleaner; other parts look just like they did in the original Blade Runner. And then, you know, and just as I thought, you know, what I haven't seen a lot is rain. And then, like, here comes the, here comes the rain. Um, But still, you going outward and going (laughs) along Vegas, just the different parts, or just you know, when the different parts of the town, the city. Uh, the visual style and look of the film doesn't look like it's that much different. Like they paid careful, close attention. And if anything, the CG allowed them to do things that they really couldn't do practically in 82, but it looks beautiful. You know, well, the,
1: yeah, the shots of uh, Elvis performing live,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: you know, and then later on Frank Sinatra, uh, you know, you know, playing on that little, yeah, like program. in your little, like a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
3: Well, and I feel like there's some sort of reason that Frank Sinatra is, uh, you know, put into this movie. And there's the two, you know, like he's listening to it when he's in his apartment, Kay is, and then he's sees it in Vegas. And for the life of me, I can't figure out, what
0: chairman the of the board, baby. <laughs>
3: So what what does Blue Feds think about this movie?
4: <laughs> well, I'll um I'll throw in uh my my standard boilerplate line, which I seem to throw around a lot is it looked beautiful in IMAX 3D. Wow, that was a show. Um stop bragging. <laughs> that that was uh when when they announced this and they said that they were doing an IMAX 3D. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to pony up the money to see this. And and you could tell that Villeneuve also thought about that when he was when he was shooting this film because it was jaw-droppingly beautiful in IMAX 3D. You got the giant screen, you got that little bit of you got that depth in there. It was wonderful. Um the one thing that I really liked about this movie is that it's not a it's not a retread, and Professor Feather, you mentioned this. It extends this concept and it extended the concept into the technology that we're thinking about today, you know, and, and Dr. Head, you mentioned her, which is also another, you know, another great movie. One could even maybe throw in uh ex machina in here as well. This, That's just true. Con- this concept mm-hmm. of, you know, when you think of Blade Runner, the first one, the replicants, you know, I've those of those who were in, we got it, but now we're taking this into the, like, okay, well, it doesn't have to be, a physical form? What if it's just code or software and it and, it, it and the fact that it can feel these emotions or it says it can, does that make it human? And so we're starting to push this envelope and what it means to be human. And, and Gadfly, you mentioned the concept of being born is so important to them. And when that gets teased out as we're moving through the plot, I, I admit that kind of caught me off guard. I was like, oh, crap. That's an interesting concept. Um and that, that line just keeps getting blurrier and blurrier as the movie progresses and you know uh, uh, uh Dr. Tar, you were gonna say something? Oh
0: no, I was just thinking the the idea of these AIs needed, you know, needed to be physically born, you know, if they're a human or whatever that process. But anyway, I was thinking of uh what was that called? Uh demon seed? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, bro. where the computer wanted to be born and resurrected bro, in a body. Oh, well, yeah. was, I kind of like. I kind of like
1: that. that's a good, uh, good concept there. It, it yeah.
4: is. That's not a movie that should be seen by young people because I saw that I was a little too young when I saw that on yeah. a on a. On a <laughs> I, I think it was a creature feature on Channel 50, and that movie kind of messed me up a little bit. I was kind of like. Uh, I don't think that robot should be doing that. <laughs> yeah, I was in
2: sixth grade when that movie came on, and I it was on TV, and I know they they didn't cut the nudity out of it. I'm like, oh my god, I think I just saw a boob. What was the, you know? <laughs> Let's watch it again. Uh, what was
0: it was a crazy robot? The,
4: the Proteus. What was that the no, name
0: the, of it? The the one that looked like a bunch of pyramids.
4: Yeah, that was this really? like, uh, yeah, that the arm you know manipulator. Like <laughs> yeah.
0: No, no, the the, the tetrahedron thing that was changing in the lab all the
4: time. The
1: the great big, anyway.
4: computerized penis. (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: Oh, on that note, I think we can probably (laughs) wrap up this discussion here, this little bit of therapy. Uh, It's been pretty good therapy. Um, We could probably do this for another two hours on these movies, but if you haven't seen them, go see them. If you haven't seen them recently, go watch it somehow. If you've just watched it, watch it again. Because they're all worth it. Both of these movies are worth it. Absolutely worth it. There you I have mean, it.
2: Yeah. I'd like to know more, though. We have just touched on the idea of if we had that kind of technology, the replicant or android or like in human, you know, these are basically the robots with the, you know, with the, the flesh outer shell. Like, how would you want one? If they look just like that, would you want
4: one? What do you do with it? You know, I, how do you Human interact?
0: race loves slaves. I mean they do. Yeah. They,
4: yeah. they do. I, th- this this is where I'll throw in it. I I've been a fan of of robots technologies anything since I was a young child. Um right after seeing Blade Runner and some of the stuff that's come out like Black Mirror and the the other sh- other shows, other um other other media that's kind of touching on this concept, I think that would be the worst thing humanity could ever do. We we can't as a species get along with one another, and then we're going to create another race that kind of looks like us. And then we're going to treat it bad. It, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. And parts yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's like, I, I, as much as I would love to see something like this. Yeah, absolutely not. No, no. I would
2: no, feel no, more no. comfortable with having like a Robbie, the robot or the robot <laughs> from, from uh, Lost in, in- space. In- yeah. Because then, it, then it, not, not that you treat it badly, but it would, it would be like a, it would seem like okay, you're a robot. You're a machine. It, oh. the, the, the sense of
0: there was a story play. like that where the people really freaked out about human-looking machines, and so they yeah. always made the machines slightly different, you know, so that people yeah. could recognize them as what they I are.
2: Video game too, when 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 video games is that Caves become, of Steel become so close to humans, it, it becomes off-putting. But yeah. like in the show human. That's what it's about. Because some of the robots or the androids um, have like the capacity for sexual relations and that leads to abuse and all kinds of things. And it's a separate like card, you know, like a code, you have to speak to the robot, but it's just, again, there, there leads to all kinds of potential dangers, you know? Right. But I, I would feel really weird interacting with, it would be, I'd have to just treat it like I would have another human being. I could never like, treat it like a servant or st- I, that's just that's just a creepy concept for me it's in the zeitgeist
3: because we also have westworld yeah, so if you've seen that yeah. i mean it's also about artificial yeah. life um, and i think that's probably the proper, smoke. the proper term the proper term would be artificial life as opposed to robot or even android Yeah. you know because it's they're not necessarily uh, they're biological machines they're not uh, you know uh, metal constructs or, or whatever not that that's makes it any different i guess but it well yeah i I get it i mean i i think the same concepts apply but i think the fact that they're biological makes a difference than
1: being metal you know so it makes all the difference in the world right to 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 a certain degree until you add artificial intelligence into the equation right and then you know that well into a whole different ball game which and just how
0: their whole physical beings been manipulated though to do you know to create them to do what they are supposed to do whatever classification that was but you know what i'm saying but you know but they may yeah the The idea that they just look
3: like it's always going to be uh the uncanny valley you know i mean there's always going to be something that if it's not as close to real as real something's going to feel like it's a bit off Right, I think. I think that's. Uh, and we strive um, for that. I mean, we strive for. Yeah, when I think, with, even with computer graphics, uh, yes. the leaps and bounds they've been making are ridiculous. You know, yes. and then they still use really shitty stuff because, like those Star Wars movies where they tried to recreate people. All oh, those are so bad. You <laughs> know, I mean, they're so bad. Kurt Russell and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that was pretty good, though. I (laughs) like it. Was good, but it was The more you look at it, though, when you look at him. Well, I think only because we all watched him when he was actually that age. Anybody else would look at that and go, "What's the big deal?" You know, they probably thought he had age makeup on later on in the movie. You know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Any last words? Fruition. Melbatos. Pinocchio, no erectile dysfunction. <laughs> my Chan. Oh, lie you. to me again. Yeah. You, All I gotta G- do G- is lie. <laughs> <laughs> Time to tell a lie. <laughs> That's the bar at 1.30 a.m. <laughs> okay, that was creepy. Let's get out of here.
2: Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump?
3: Say...
0: Dr. Tar.
2: This is Professor Feather. This is the creepy Midnight Catfly. This is... Hello, Gamma-Chan Robot. You take me to Fall Harvest Dance. Dr. Head. And this
4: is... The Blue Fez. Who never lies. Well, not that you know.
3: (laughs) And you are listening to... Give cool a chance. Right? Give a chance. <laughs> you all
1: insane.
2: That
0: sounded pretty insane. <laughs>
2: <laughs> pretty chan if you ask me. Insane
1: <laughs> radio at gmail.com. Facebook is blessed to have Mark Justice come writer as one of its premier, uh That's, that sounds members. kind of religious <laughs> i know well as well as we freaks another one that you know gaining such popularity that you know it's going to become a cult very soon i know well, i
4: is. could be okay yeah. with
1: that yeah, they ask for sacrifices already have,
2: <laughs> have plenty of, of uh, you know you made and like dry kool-aid and
1: <laughs> we've got a That's twitter funny. account what is that Twitter account there, Dr. Head? Twitter?
2: I think it's Radio Insane on Twitter.
1: Does it not? It is. Thank you. Let me just say <laughs> it. <It's a> tight, <laughs> tight-knit team here.
3: We're working on Instagram. It's a little, it's a little complex.
2: It's not We're so instant. Talking. We should start doing TikTok videos next. Oh, uh, oh, <laughs> oh no, those aren't no. banned oh let's do 30 second snippets of this uh the groans of the middle age
0: i don't have any milkshake to bring all the
2: boys to the yard
0: yeah get off my lawn <laughs> you kids need your hippity hop
3: i think <laughs> i need to see the doctor about my post malone <laughs>